Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church in Katy, Texas. If you are in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing it with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message, and God bless your week. God's grace, His mercy, and His peace are yours in abundance because of Christ, because of Christ's life, death, and resurrection for you. Amen. He didn't know where else to turn. felt powerless. He tried everything he thought would help fix the problem, and none of it did. He studied under experienced professors, read countless books, traveled the world, dedicated his entire life to God, and yet the more he tried, the more he realized he could never get it done. The more he tried to get closer to God, the farther away God seemed. The young Martin Luther had placed his confidence, his trust, and his hope in his own ability to make his relationship with God right. He thought that he was the one who was to bring that gap closer, but the more that he tried, that gap just got bigger and bigger instead of smaller and smaller. It's interesting, isn't it? 500 years ago seems like such a long time, and yet the problems that we face today, the questions that we face today are the same as that of a monk living 500 years ago. Am I enough? Have I done enough? Can I trust my God? How do I know that I have a right relationship with God? If your answers to those questions are the same as that of a young Martin Luther 500 years ago, if your answer to those questions are in yourself, then you're going to be headed in the same direction that a young Martin Luther was when he tried to make his relationship right with God, a place of despair, Depression, anxiety, uncertainty, fear. Thanks be to God that we have a place to put our confidence other than ourselves. It's in Christ alone. In his life, in his death, in his resurrection. God is the one who makes our relationship right with God and there is no other way. Paul's words to us this morning show us the spiritual condition that we were in apart from Christ. Before God had worked faith in our hearts, we were, well, I'll let Paul speak for himself. Listen to the three ways that Paul describes our spiritual condition apart from him, apart from Christ. Paul says, You see, at just the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, 
how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Powerless, ungodly sinners. That's how Paul describes our spiritual condition apart from Christ. Powerless. Have you ever felt powerless? In a situation that you desperately want to change and no matter what you do, you just can't help it. I'm no mechanic or handyman, and a few months back before I came down to Texas with Sarah, I was driving my 1996 Honda Accord. And as I was driving down the road, everything shut off. Power off, electric off, engine off. And so I managed to, to drive the car off onto the side of the road, put it in park, took the keys out of the ignition. I, I hopped outside, popped the trunk, and I was powerless. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what, uh, what anything in an engine is. I, I know some words like an alternator, and I know where you put the washer fluid, but other than that, I was powerless to change the situation. I knew that anything I was going to do wasn't going to fix the fact that my car was on the side of the road. I was going to need someone else to help me. I couldn't do it myself. Kind of a silly example, but that's the way Paul describes our situation apart from Christ. Powerless, there is nothing that we could do to get off of the side of the road. We couldn't get out of the ditch. We were stuck. But not only were we stuck on the side of the road, but we were ungodly apart from Christ. We were actively fighting against him. Actively active in our rebellion against Christ. Not only were we stuck on the side of the road, not only were we stuck in a pit, we were digging ourselves deeper and deeper and deeper. As I looked down at the engine of my car, I knew that anything that I would do was not going to benefit that car at all. In fact, if I tried to fix it, I would only make things worse. That's us. Powerless to change and anything we were going to do apart from Christ was only going to get ourselves deeper and deeper. Paul also describes it this way later on in the book of Romans. He says, The sinful mind is hostile to God, does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Powerless, ungodly. Does that sound like a, a good combination for us to have the foundation of our confidence, hope, and trust? No. And yet for us, it's so easy to be just like the young rich ruler from last week's sermon, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So easy to, to think that, like, just like Martin Luther, that our right relationship with God is what we do, or what we say, or what we should have done, or what we didn't do. So much that we think it's all up to us. Paul's words to us this morning show us that that's not the case at all. We were powerless, ungodly sinners. So thanks be to God that we have a place to put our trust, confidence, and hope that is not in ourselves, but rather it's in Christ and in his cross. Because you see, at just the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. How absurd is that? 
who would you die for? I, I don't think any of us would die for a random citizen out in the world that we don't know at all. I, I, I highly doubt we would. Maybe you would die for someone who has done something good for you, who has benefited you in some way, or uh, a family member whom you love dearly. You'd maybe consider dying for them, but an enemy? An ungodly sinner? Would you die for that, that coworker who just always can get under your skin, just no matter what, they just say the right thing and it just, oh, it just makes your skin crawl? Or that, 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 that kid at school who just always knows the right thing to say, the mean thing that's just going to get you really agitated? Would you die for them? Or what about that neighbor across the street who has the, the sign in their yard of the political party on the opposite side of the spectrum as you? Would you die for them? At just the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. He died for you and for me and for them. And it was no happenstance. It wasn't some random occurrence. It wasn't chance. At just the right time, this was planned long ago, planned from the creation, before the creation of the world. God wanted you in his family. God wanted you to no longer be his enemy, but to be his beloved child. Paul tells us about this fact that it was at just the right time. In Ephesians, Paul writes, He chose us in Christ before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. God saw you before the creation of the world and said, I want you to be part of my family. Even though you are an ungodly sinner, powerless, I want you. That is our hope. That is our confidence. That is our trust. It is not in ourselves. It is in Christ and in Christ alone in his life and his death and his resurrection in the truth of God's word. That's it. Your salvation is one. It's not in anything that you can do. It's not in anything that you should have done. It's not in anything that you will be able to do. It's accomplished. It's given to you freely. That's it. So what about our past? What about those sins that just seem to... to, to stay in our mind. We can't forget them. It's got its grips on us. Well, Jesus says, there is no sin too great that my blood does not cover it. No sin too great that I will remember it. He remembers your sin no longer. What about our present? Am I enough right now? Jesus says, yes, you are. And not only that, but you get to boast in Christ might be a little weird to hear Paul say that we get to boast. But it's not boasting in ourselves. It's not boasting in anything else worldly. It's boasting in him and in his cross. It's boasting in what Christ has done for you. We boast by telling others of what Christ has done for them as well. That he has died for them. He has died for all of us. We boast by praising God here in this church and out in the world as well. That's what we do now. And what does it mean for our future? Well, it means that we have no fear. 
We have no fear of the uncertainty of tomorrow or the day after. Because Paul says, Therefore, since we have been declared not guilty in the blood of Christ, how much more will we be saved from his wrath? We have been declared not guilty right now. There is nothing to fear in this life or the next. How much more will we be saved? Paul's talking about judgment day. We have been declared not guilty right now, and we have nothing to fear from the Lord's wrath in the future. Judgment day is not a day that we need to be scared of. In fact, it's a day that we get to look forward to. We don't need to fear the fact that the Lord will come down and his wrath will be poured out on those who are apart from Christ because we are in Christ. Christ will look at you, the Lord will look at you and see the blood that was shed on the cross that covers all of your sins. We don't need to fear judgment day. We don't need to fear the future. We have confidence, we have hope, and we have trust. Martin Luther's view of God completely changed after what historians call his breakthrough moment or his tower experience. It's when Martin Luther was studying the scriptures and through the power of the Holy Spirit, God made him to realize that the righteousness of God, the, the right relationship with God, is not at all about what we do for God. Rather, that right relationship with God, that righteousness of God, is what Christ has done for us. He has declared us not guilty because of his life, his death, and his resurrection. Apart from us, apart from anything that we could do. That changed everything for Martin Luther. And it changes everything for us as well. God is no longer a God to be feared. It changes God from a God who is a scary judge to a God who would be willing to come and to die, who was willing to come and to die, and who did come and to die for ungodly, powerless sinners. A God who came to die for you and for me. God continued to use Martin Luther throughout his life to proclaim the truth of God's word in its purity. And God will continue to use you as well to do the same task. No, you probably won't be translating the the Bible into German or to some other language, but you can proclaim God's good news to your friend, to your children, to your neighbor, to your coworker, to your classmate. God will give you the strength to proclaim that message to others. God will give you the strength to place your trust and your confidence and your hope in him because he has done it already. He has done everything to fulfill your salvation in Christ alone. Amen. Time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. Could I ask you for one more favor? If you're enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to click subscribe and give us a rating. Just a few seconds of your time will help other people hear the simple, straightforward Bible message we offer. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.